0: <laughs> <laughs> Philippians chapter one and verse twenty seven there are so many graciously kind instructions given by Almighty God through his word to us. For the benefit of his bodies. You do understand that Christ loves the church. He loved the church so much that he gave himself for it. He loves the church so much that he is walking in the presence of God the Holy Spirit right here with us today. Not only living inside... But over and on us, and this body was being baptized, empowered. And verse 27 of Philippians chapter 1, it seems that I can feel the heart of the apostle Paul. When his hand is saying, only let your conversation, that's lifestyle, everything you do, not only every word you say, that's inclusive, but everything you do, let that be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Now, if every member of the Landmark Baptist Church, New Testament Baptist Church, Citrus Missionary Baptist Church, Victory Baptist Church, or put your body's name in, if we, each one, would do exactly that, Let everything we do be becoming, making beautiful, looking good, being attractive. If we would do that constantly to the gospel of Jesus Christ, this building would be overrunning with just membership. Striving for the advancement of the Lord's church is what has been assigned to me. If I said nothing more, that would be all we would have to have. If each individual person that God has placed in its bodies would make their total being to attract like a magnet, people to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the most glorious story that's ever been told. It is the most beautiful event that has ever taken place. There has never been a sporting event. There has never been a movie. There has never been anything that should draw the attention of the world like the Lord Jesus Christ. God help us that as we not only sit here but as we walk out those doors we're going out and saying to a world that's dead spiritually in trespasses and sins has no idea of their own spiritual condition happy as they are content And it oftentimes been pacified by some religious fallacy and believe that they're okay. But they ought to see in a Baptist, someone coming out of a Baptist church, they ought to see something different than any other assembly on the face of this earth. We ought to walk out of here. I have something that God has given me that you need. And it's beautiful. Show it. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he says that whether I come to see you or be absent, if I don't even have the opportunity to get back by Philippi, I'm going to be listening to what's going on. I don't know if I'll ever get back to Landmark Baptist Church or not, but I want to hear things about you good. Amen. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying as to writing to Church of Philippi. Whether I be absent, whether I come to see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in One spirit, and I believe that has a full application of a single is and a capital is, to be honest with you. In the Holy Spirit of God and in the spirit of unity in the body of Christ. With one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel and in nothing terrified by your adversaries we don't have any reason to be scared of anyone out there I don't know if you realize it or not but the best thing that one of the enemies of God could do for you is to cut your head off one of these days if you're saved you're going to go to heaven and I would challenge you to walk up to John the Baptist and ask this question. Brother John, do you regret telling Herod that it's wrong for you to have your brother's wife? You know what Brother John will say? He'll say, no, that's the best move of my life. He that's the best decision I ever made. He said, my only regret I didn't have one hand to give from the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let the world terrify you nor make you timid. What are they going to do to you? I am fully persuaded of this fact. That Satan has made it so easy and comfortable and pleasant and pleasing and happy. To be a child of God, a sovereign grace, landmark, missionary, faithful attendance, ever service, tithing, coming and going and sitting at home all the rest of the time, enjoying the big flat screen TVs. Huh? We don't have any reason to be wanting to go to heaven. I'll tell you something friends that you know what all, we ought to be marveled today I believe this the Lord Jesus Christ through the Apostle John did not he say something like marvel not if the world hates you how many of you are hated by anyone that you know in the world just think about it how many have, have issued a wanted dead or alive poster for you How many of you have been knocked down or beaten? How many are in peril? Do you really fear for your life? The life of your loved ones? Satan has lulled the churches of Jesus Christ into a state of utopia. We're just happy the way it is. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to make waves. We just want to drift on down with the current and go on to heaven and be happy to see Jesus. But with that, you won't be many crowns to cast at his feet, I'll tell you that. There's a song we used to sing. Shall I be carried to the clouds on flowery beds of ease? While others fight to win the prize and sail through bloody seas, no, I must fight if I should win. Saved, satisfied, sitting still. That's three points that'll preach in most any Baptist church today. Go on an outline. We should be striving. I won't go to the clock talk because that's just part of my introduction, but I'm going to go on and preach it now. I know, I'll quit. I will quit. We should strive for the advancement of the spiritual matters in the Lord's church. I believe we ought to be spiritually prepared for church before we get to church. And I'm not talking about just the pastors. I sometimes wonder if every member of the Lord's Church that any of us pastor, if they put as much time and devotion into getting ready to come to church as the pastor did, what kind of service do you think we have? Huh? It would be different, wouldn't it? Well, let me put it on the other side, church members. What if the pastor didn't spend any more time preparing to come to church than you do? Now, we've got the responsibility to study the Word of God, but you know something that uh, I don't believe that says now? Now, you preachers study to show yourselves approved unto God, and the rest of you just uh, come on and listen to what they have to say and then go home and come back next service. And between the times, there's no need to even pick up your Bible and no need to pray and no need to get ready for church. Preacher's job is to keep me primed up and ready to roll. That's his job. That's what we pay him for. Is it? Mm -mm. No, sir. We need to prepare for worship before we come to worship. In the land of Israel, God blessed me to be able to go over there a few years back. And it was a real enlightenment, friends. David Collier told me before I went, it will change your life. It has. I stood in the area where you would enter into the city of Jerusalem, the outer courtyard of what was the temple then, where he overturned the tables of the merchandisers of doves and other offices. That was the primary entrance into the outer courtyard the temple. Now there was another, but that was the primary one. Going up to that little Ball place is not well, like a football field laid across. I'm sure Christ age was filled with people selling all kinds of animals for sacrifice. And the problem wasn't that they were there to provide animals for sacrifice for people who had traveled great distances. That's fine. But you know, the Jews were not supposed to make a great profit off of the Jews. And that's where the problem was. But as you ascend to that spot, there are nineteen steps going up. You have a step that's probably about as wide as this table here, two and a half foot, and you got a step that's about four foot, and you got a step that's two and a half, and you got a four, and that's what it does that's called the ascension into the tabernacle, to the temple. It was the custom or something that as a Jew ascended towards the place where he was going to worship God. On each step he would stop and read or quote a psalm. And in the book of Psalms, I tried to remember, but I believe it's from like 100 to, to 118 or something like that. They're called the Ascension Psalms. And at every step, the would stop. Quote the Word of God. Take another step. Up. Quote the Word of God. Take another step. Up. Quote the word of God. They were getting ready to go worship God. They didn't turn the radio off from whatever God in heaven only knows what it might have been playing and what their mind was filled with five minutes before they walked into the house of God. They had their mind set on God before they ever reached the gate to enter in. That's preparing before you get there. The regular way to strive for the advancement of the Lord's church is to make myself a more spiritual member of the Lord's church. If every one of us would do so. Prepare before you arrive. Now I'm going to start meddling. Don't quit preaching, I'm going to start meddling. How many people are on the clock? raise your hand, you have no excuse for coming to church late. If you don't have a clock or an alarm on a, anybody got a telephone these days that's got an alarm on it? Does anybody know anybody that's got one of those things? You know why people, now I know there are occasionally things that would cause a person to be late for church. But the number one reason people are late for church, they just didn't start on time to get there. it's a pet peeve of mine. Someone, I was so bad about it, someone finally said to me, well, preacher, why don't we just start church later? I said, do you think that would help? The problem is not when you start, the problem is they don't want to get out of bed. How many can come in late at work as habitually as they do the house of God and keep a job? I'm through with excuses for people just being too sorry to get out of bed to get to the house of God. I don't want to hear it. I had a fellow tell me one time I was stuck in the elevator in the hospital. I said, I'll accept that. But anything else besides the flat tire wreck, I, I don't hear it. There ain't no need to come in and try and tell this preacher a lie. I done been there, heard that, and tired of it. Why don't you love God enough to get up and come to the house of God on time? Lord, I want to strive for the advancement of spiritual matters in my church. But I don't want to be there till whenever it's convenient and easy for me. I don't want to beckon any hardship on me. I mean I really like my sleep. Now that's assuming that you got enough faith to get you out of the bed to even come. I've told more than one person this. And I preached it in more than one place. And these two probably heard it. And some of others that have been around where i preached it a lot. I would not trust a faith that wouldn't get me out from under the covers on Sunday morning to pull me out from under six foot of dirt. If you don't have strong enough faith in God to get up out of bed while well. I, I, I don't know what you think you're going to do when this trumpet sounds. Hey, hang on a minute. I'm not quite ready yet, Lord. I'm going to be late. You know what y'all do, Paul? Y'all go out here and change your sign. Just you know, Instead of DDS, doctor of dental surgery, y'all take that off there. You know that tooth that's got that big hole in it that great big hammer drill holding over it. Y'all take that off so people wouldn't be so afraid to come to church. Baptists, I'm telling you, I've seen him come to church and look like he's going to the dentist. We need to be serious if we want to advance the church. We ought to come into the house of God with a smile so broad on our face that everybody's driving by is what in the world is going on in that building? That looks like a church sign. That looks like a church building. He can't be there are happy. They're excited. There's the real glory. Glory. I get to go worship God today. Instead of looking like he is going to a funeral. I just don't grasp the idea. You know what my favorite day of the week is? This day. This day, I get to spend more time with God's people in worship on Sunday than any other one day of the week. And I love that. Do you love that? Yes, I love that. Well, why don't you come more? And earlier. Be spiritual when you arrive. I don't care if Georgia did lose. You still ought to be smiling. Or if Kentucky loses. Now if you loses, I understand all the sorrows. No, I'm joking. The world should not control us. I don't care what's going on. I don't care who's in the White House or the Outhouse. It shouldn't affect our spiritual attitudes. I'll tell you who the King of Kings is. And I'll tell you who the Lord is. And I can tell you who sets up kings and takes down kings. And I can tell you how, who's already ordered whatever's going to happen. And I have faith enough to believe that. And not get disturbed about all the what's and whiff's and could be's and might be's and if they's. All I'm concerned about is he. If I can honor him... He'll take care of the rest. Be spiritual when you get here. Leave everything out. I'll tell you right now, people talk as much about the weather. I mean, about the Lord as they do about the weather. God in heaven knows it's would be a different country. The weather, we can't do a thing about that. You say we can't do anything about the Lord either. Well, we can spread his gospel, and he can do something with it. <laughs> Be spiritual to advance the Lord's church when you come. Pray. Pay attention. Do you believe that God called Pastor Jackson to preach? I'm talking to the members of Landmark Baptist Church right now. Do you believe that he is? Where God wants him right now. Right now. Do you believe? tell me to tell him what he needs to preach. Well, i got news for you. There ain't one. There's only one mediator between God and man. and it that you. You say that's poor English. Good theology. Good theology. What is it? Three minutes? Holy cow. I'll ask you in six minutes and see how you got you're putting in, it's not necessary. If you don't believe that this is the God, man of God, and that God, he talks with God, God directs him and leads him, then you ought to get out or get him out. If you believe that he is, then you ought to come here listening with open ears. Lord, what is your word for me today? No, not what have you got to say to them. That's none of your business, what God says to anybody else but you. You pay attention. He sure did preach a long sermon. If you'd been paying attention, it wouldn't have been years long. You say, how do you know that? Because I know the difference between standing up here preaching with the attention fully given to the message and then sitting there and listening to somebody else. When you're in it, time don't matter. Now when you're sitting there waiting to go home, you know these people come to church to go home? They do. They come to church just so they can say, I came to church and all they really want is, Amen, let's go home. Get in it. striving for the advancement of the Lord's church. You don't even want to really be here. You just feel guilty when you're not. Before God and everybody else. You want people around you to know how spiritual you are. I was at church three times this week. Man, our lives feel so sorry for you but you had to sacrifice that much to come to an air-conditioned church in an air-conditioned car and sit on some padded pews. For three hours or four in in one week. Gosh, what sacrifices we make for God. Advancement of his church. Go forth from the service with the message that God has given living in your mind. And go home, sit down, and talk about the word from heaven instead of roasted pastor. You know there are a lot of children that grow up and have no respect for the pastor because the parents have cut him to pieces at the dinner table on Sunday. If you don't respect your pastor, don't expect your children to. If you're going to talk bad about him if you don't pay any attention to him why do you think they would? The sermon does not stop when we quit. God didn't give us a message just to entertain you or to fill up a half hour and an hour or ten hours. He meant for it to live in us as we leave here. Become a part of our life. Have the response to God's Word that I'm going forth and I'm going to share the message of God's grace toward fallen mankind if it kills me. I don't know what we our forefathers would say to us. If the Apostle Paul walked into the, I don't even know what this is, but I'll use it, average Church of Jesus Christ today, I don't know what he'd say. I mean, can you imagine an an older man coming in, stooped over, face disfigured from stoning, back scarred and arms scarred from being beaten, can hardly see, and he has spent and been spent everything he had for the elect's sake. Would you want a man like that to stand in the pulpit today? we too dignified for anybody like that you want to advance the church make and make the number one person and purpose number one in all matters it don't matter what it is you know what the number one purpose of a church existing is? You know what the number one purpose that God added you to the church for? You know the reason he saved and you were sold? Huh? The number one purpose is to glorify God in all three persons. Namely and especially the Lord Jesus Christ. For when we glorify him, we glorify him all. They're so inseparable. All right. right, That's number one. I'm just going to give you two and three. We need to also strive for the advancement of social matters in the Lord's church. Not only spiritual matters. That's all I preach. We ought to strive for the social matters in the Lord's church, and we ought to strive for the supportive matters and needs in the Lord's church. Our brother preached tithes and offerings and I'm with him to my life long regret and sorrow there was a time in my life that I did not tithe but boy did it cost me I don't know but one time anywhere in God's word that he says issues a challenge to us but in Malachi 3, he says, you just prove me. Try me. Find out if I'm a liar or not. You do what I tell you to do and prove me and see if I will not. I won't go into it. Brother Brooks preached an eloquent message on it. I see that. Have I got time for a commercial? <laughs> Any of you who aren't eating Supper here tonight, or in the area, the Lord willing, I'll be preaching tonight at Memorial Heights Baptist Church over in Perry, Georgia. I wouldn't mind seeing you. I could say, as Paul wrote to Philemon, I drove 16 hours by the time I get back to preach to you. It's only a couple hours over and a couple hours back. Okay. Okay. <laughs>